Welcome back, Intimates. I'm excited to find you experts to talk about love, connection, non-monogamy, polyamory, relationship anarchy, group sex, kink, commitment, and lots of other intimacy and relationship topics. Let's live our best lives together by unlearning stigma and getting clear on what we really want. Don't know what to ask for? I have loads of ideas for you. Of course, none of this would be possible without the support of my amazing Patreon supporters or my current hosts, the Musqueam First Nation on whose unceded lands this podcast was made and this human was born. If you want to support more intimate interactions, you can say thank you by supporting us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. Patreon supporters also get every episode of the podcast ad-free with short intros and outros. I know funds are not an option for some of you lovely humans, but don't fret, there are other ways you can help out. You can help make more intimate interactions by just telling someone you listen to this podcast. Or if you're feeling especially generous, you can share a link to an episode you like and discuss it with a friend or partner, or even leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting site. Help other humans interested in more intimacy and better relationships find us. If you have your own podcast, shout us out. Need a podcast guest? Email offers to podcast at victorsalmon.com. I love talking about relationships and intimacy, and I love cross-promotion and working with other podcasters. Okay, let's hear about today's episode. Vivica, a sex worker friend of mine who strips and pole dances to earn money, chats with us today about imposter syndrome. We talk about intensity, anxiety, of which Vivica and myself are both sufferers, self-compassion, and at the end we touch really briefly on covid These times have been hard on all of us, but sex workers have been really hit hard by COVID. In any case, Vivica brings a casual and informative presence to the show, and we do try and stay focused on imposter syndrome. I look forward to recording more sessions with her in future. Enjoy. So I find it really interesting that you were just talking about muscle memory and the way these things are embedded in your brain, and we're literally doing a podcast on imposter syndrome right now. I know exactly, right? <laughs> what do you think what do you think provokes imposter syndrome in you? Like when does it flare up most for you? Oh, with anything artistic or anything that like takes a type of expertise and knowledge, like I I sometimes I'm constantly second guessing myself whether or not this is correct information or whether whether I've been misled and I'm making a fool of myself by, you know, spouting this misinformation because I, I like with the, the advent of the Internet, there's so many access points out there for correct information and misinformation mm-hmm. that it's like it's almost it seems ignorant not to have the correct information mm-hmm. or to have no desire to look for that information so yeah. i i really get i really get triggered into imposter syndrome when the spotlight's on me and my knowledge and my expertise and my experience and and i'm so even unsure of interpreting my own experiences sometimes that i'm like very prone to gaslighting myself into believing it was it wasn't as bad as it was or it wasn't as good as it was or any number or array of different ways that I can say that I was wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it took a long time for me to actually start teaching dance just because I uh, was so unsure of whether or not I knew enough to teach. Right. And how yeah. many years had you been dancing when that when that came up for you? Um, well, I started performing burlesque about 10 years ago. I've always been interested in dance. I took dance classes in school. I danced whenever I could. I danced at every talent show I could enter as a child um, to the point where it was obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I, I've always had a passion for being on stage, being the center of attention, being someone creating beautiful, a, a beautiful display with the human body. Like that's something I've always been interested in, whether it was for eroticism or art, healing, whatever it was. I loved movement. I loved music mm-hmm. and, uh, I uh, started dancing on the Vancouver burlesque scene about 10 years ago and then moved into pole dance and moved into uh, strip club dancing, uh, so stage and lap dance. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've just always really liked it. So I've been a pole dancer stripper for about four years now, and uh, I'm really missing it. It's it's crazy just how much I relied on the the energy and and like fantasy and you know the constant appreciation of who i was or what i did mm-hmm. has really was what where my ego and my confidence came from and now i have to do a lot more self and inner reflection and you know feed myself that the good good that i the good stuff i need like you know and not just search for it from other people mm-hmm. so do you find that's that's a really neat point you brought up with covid and not being able to sort of do those things. Um, mm-hmm. This idea that all of this validation and sort of confidence building that you were getting from how much people appreciate the things you do really well, um, that you don't, that you didn't form- formerly give yourself a lot of that. And I'm curious if in sort of a weird way, there's a silver lining here that this has actually been really good for your relationship with yourself. Uh, yeah, it's definitely been a struggle though. Like, I mean, when you were when you're alone without distraction, you're definitely faced with parts of yourself that you haven't either explored or, or inherently fear of yourself. And I mean, uh, it's been a struggle since everything shut down back in March, but there's been some silver linings in the fact that I, I think I've gained a little bit more body acceptance. I've started learning a lot more ways to communicate Um, because I mean, I'm stuck inside with my partner all the time Mm -hmm. and you know, that can get really dicey. And I know there's a lot of single people out there who will probably be shaking their fist right now being like, (laughs) at least you got locked up with somebody. And I'm like, I hear you. And that I'm so sorry for the situation that you're in, like being young and having the entire idea of dating go down the drain because of a pandemic is, is a huge, huge wound. And I totally acknowledge that but it has been so challenging to learn better ways of communication when you're in the middle of like (laughs) something that's consuming your life like a pandemic and like where's my next paycheck coming from totally Um, are we going to be able to afford food am i going to get covid next time i go out to the mall like you know who bears the brunt of what responsibility and how to communicate that without creating damage or trauma in your relationship Mm-hmm. So it's it's been really introspective, but it's been very, like, outrospective, too. So it's given you a lot of time to think. Mm-hmm. Lots of time to think, too. Yeah. I can see that There's being... There's no distraction for me. I can't go out shopping. I've got no reason to, like, put on makeup and just, you know, dance and whatever. And I don't get to go to the studio. I can't hang out with friends. So I'm just at home, like with these trying to keep myself out of cyclical thought and keep myself right. racing into the the better the happy neural pathways in my brain that have to be walked on more in order to be more present in my dialogue yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely that's something that um my counselor talked a lot about when i went on um medication for the first time 
my counselor was talking about how, yeah, it does kind of help give you a bump into the window of tolerance and like it helps make your highs and lows a little less extreme. And the mm -hmm. nice thing about that is I don't tend to get down on myself quite as hard and I tend to sort yeah. of be tracing happier and better thought patterns. I have more strength to put up a fight when I say something really negative about myself and that all mm -hmm. kind of adds up to performing better almost allyship for myself <laughs> like yeah that's that's a good way of putting it i i really appreciate the way you worded that that's uh that's very meaningful actually like allyship it's such a it's such a buzzword right now but it there is like truth in allyship to yourself like being true to yourself and what you believe in is moral and good and and right yeah. and like how how you deserve to be treated and how the, the person next to you deserves to be treated and I think that it, it is actually a really, really on on brand term for what you're doing for yourself is just learning to to support yourself in whatever way that you need. Yeah, there's there's a lot of erasure, I think, of mixed race people. So I'm sort of trying to find the right parts of the conversation to weigh in on without mm -hmm. without speaking for someone else and while still. And and even more recent events with Black Lives Matter and and other um, sort of racial strife in the world right now and and politics being a complete shit show like all of that stuff aside even just being like on my own team about mm -hmm. like whether or not I'm a complete waste of space right now like mm -hmm. that's almost the kind of allyship I was talking about was this idea of just trying to see myself the same way I would see someone else so there isn't yeah. quite such a disparity like between that's a really Again, a really good way of putting it. Thank you for for. Yeah, of course. Sorry, my brain's stuttering right now. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. Um, and this is also like a lot, right? Like these conversations are hard, almost by design. And I find that like doing the work on oneself, I don't think I would have done half of it if I didn't absolutely have to do it. Um, yeah. Either. Sorry, your go back's ahead. against the wall. Sorry, I was. I, yeah. I didn't mean to. When your back's against the wall, it's like either you you can just curl up or you can push back and use that wall as a, as a, a point where you can jet off of and mm -hmm. go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, uh, Oh, what is her name? KKB Caro Caro Bonito is a band that has this adorable, like bubblegum pop song called trampoline. And it's exactly mm -hmm. that the idea that if you're falling a trampoline will catch you. And sometimes you just have to jump off of it. Um, yeah, totally. It's just a neat idea. Um, and if you I ever like need, that. <laughs> if you need something that is like borderline saccharine, like so fucking happy, <laughs> that is the song. Okay. I'll keep that in mind when I, when I just need to like, just throw super cute and, and adorable stuff at myself. KKB is pretty cute. To yeah. Something to smell. <laughs> I'm a fan. To smile. She's yeah. also mixed race too. So that's oh, kind of cool. neat. Yeah. Um, awesome. Shoot, what was I saying? Imposter syndrome, right? <laughs> yes, imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess being willing to tolerate the same imperfection in oneself as one tolerates in others. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't always... <laughs> I mean, it's also, it's also tolerating the imperfections in other people that you're too afraid to admit you have as well. Because I deal with that a lot, too. Interesting. Like, I'm, I'm constantly like, gosh, I really don't like this attribute of so this and person so. Sure. and then i have to like look back in the mirror and be like but really like 
right? Is this you just, know, you kind of do that too, right? Like I see you. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that awareness piece is huge for sure. It is mm-hmm. very easy mm-hmm. to have people you resent because they remind you of the qualities about yourself that you most wish you didn't have. Yes. And that's something that I've been really tuning into a lot more lately as well. And just trying to, trying to reflect back on it and be a little bit more like receptive to what it is that I'm seeing. And like, I haven't even got to the point of being able to literally say to myself, I forgive you. It's okay. Like mm-hmm. I, I still can't do that. I'm even as, as much as I am getting better at stopping negative thought, starting mm-hmm. the positive one is still kind of like trying to pull a lawnmower ripcord and it really is just not going anywhere. <laughs> it's such a good metaphor. <laughs> Yeah, it's like pulling a really stiff ripcord. Like you, you just got it. You're struggling with it, and you just, you know, you're gonna blow your rotator cuff if you keep going. But like, <laughs> and yet the only way it's gonna start is if you pull harder than you've ever pulled exactly, before. Exactly, is if you just rip that ripcord. <laughs> got it. Yeah. Yeah, that that is. Um, I empathize with that for sure. That is a uh, an intense sensation. Oh, very much so because it's like it's. There's been times where it's like it feels like there's a physical block and you actually can't eat it's like you're you're trying to almost vomit the words out but you just can't even say that and it's just like it's your chest kind of caves in and and like you feel this like deep pull inside yourself being like you can't say you can't do it you can't do it and it's it's really interesting how um with uh i i get a lot of physical sensations that are tied into my um my uh, ADHD and sure. just my emotions as well. Like um, there's been so many times where um, I've literally changed temperature within seconds because of my emotional fluctuation and wow. I'll feel intense electrical sensations in through my neck and chest if I'm really, 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 really anxious. Um, mm. And it literally feels like I have lightning arcing up over my nerves and my skin and it's unreal. Uh, just the when when if i've been in an argument or something like i know it's it's common to just shake when you're angry and you're fired up but Mm -hmm. it's like i literally feel like i'm phasing out of my body i'm having like some type of outer body experience when i'm when i'm upset or when i'm really really like in that fight or flight mode (laughs) and i think that's a normal common experience people will literally talk about being beside themselves with rage Mm, that's a good point that's a good good one so like it's it does sound like a really intense feeling yeah i intensely experience my emotions a lot like when i'm when i'm joyous and i'm really really happy like it does actually feel very floaty like i get these euphoric sensations and and you know even if i'm you know chemically altered or not chemically altered i still experience them maybe to a to a lesser or stronger degree but um Mm -hmm. like that's why dance has always been so much for me is because it is physical joy. Like it doesn't matter what form it is. It's just, you're, you're literally just exuding happiness and joy outside of your body. Mm -hmm. Um, have also danced for sadness and, and release and depression. And it's a different type of dance and it's more dancing for yourself. And there's something that I brought up once, uh, in one of the dance classes I taught was that, Uh, that that day when I was creating the choreography, I was having such a hard time getting into character because there was just this weight on my chest and my shoulders that I needed to get out. And I didn't 
really think about that until my playlist switched over and one of these really sad songs came on and suddenly it's like my body just knew that it had to express itself in whatever movement that conveyed its sadness or the weight that was inside of me or on my back and um i said that it was it's so important that you don't block yourself from letting what needs to come out of your body just come out like if you have to dance for sadness or you have to just move because you need to feel a certain way then that's totally okay to don't force yourself to do something else mm-hmm. and uh yeah I, I actually had someone come up to me after that class to say thank you so much for saying that it's a uh, hard to remember that it's important to dance for yourself as much as it is you know amazing to dance for other people mm-hmm I mostly dance in my chair or in my room when I'm dancing for myself. Um, yeah. And I primarily do it when I'm like really upset about something. Oh, um, gotcha. But I'm trying to find a way to reconnect with like a healthy idea of anger. Like because mm-hmm. when I was younger, there was um, like there was um, corporal punishment. And then there was also violence occasionally to make a point, as it were, that wasn't. Mm clearly defined corporal punishment so like i don't want to call it domestic violence but you know there was violence when i was a kid so it um it led to this association with anger that it was just never okay to be angry and anger is never safe so what happens is when my boundaries are being pushed in a way i don't like sometimes i don't feel safe enough to be assertive so i end up being passive and then when i feel like my boundaries have been pushed and most people would normally get very angry about it It is really hard to like hold on to a healthy measured amount of anger rather than invert it as a form of like self-destruction or like deep shame or anger at myself. Like it's so hard to just me as well. Yeah. Like I am still trying to learn a way to be able to safely express my anger or my displeasure Mm -hmm. or how my boundaries have been crossed without it feeling unsafe for me to do so. Um, and to also feel that it's okay for me to express my anger and I shouldn't be putting it aside for whatever sake that I feel I need to put it aside for it. Because I like, I understand that my anger, I haven't, I haven't been, I haven't allowed myself to be like physically and very like really enraged in a very, very long time. It's been about a decade since I've had some complete like, absolutely lost it fit mm-hmm. um and uh I'm, I'm part of me is pretty proud of that but part of me is recognized how damaging it is for me to never allow my anger to show mm-hmm. or like fear of it being con- construed as an attack or mm-hmm. for it to go too far like not into like the realm of uh, like physical violence but to saying very final things mm-hmm. so like or things that carry a lot of weight, especially when they're set in anger. So, yeah, it's been it, walking that line has inevitably like taken away a lot of my agency in being allowing my anger to be known mm-hmm. safely. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Other than just saying to someone like, "I'm really angry about that," and being a robot and like walking away, um, it mm-hmm. is really hard for me to find like what what does safety look like and it's different for different people right yeah totally and it's you know like a counselor has said to me before that there is 
there is no such thing as like the right way to communicate in a family or with a partner or with kids, but there are definitely certain behaviors, regardless of what's culturally normal, that will like sort of like serve you and serve kids or partners better. And ultimately it comes down to what behaviors do you want to duplicate? Mm, Yeah, very much so. Uh, Like I'm very critical of the behavior I inherited from my parents um, and, uh, you know, it's, that's definitely a spot of shame for me. And I think that I may not be alone in, in sometimes when people realize that they have the negative traits that they're, that of their parents that have been passed on, um, and they exhibit them in, in a relationship. I don't think I'm the only one, at least I hope I'm not. <laughs> I think, I think it would be uncommon for you to find people who don't share that trait. Yeah. Like I so, think like, most people will see whatever character flaws their human parents have and will be very frustrated that they've duplicated some of them. And mm-hmm. there may be some exceptions out there. Those bastards from really happy families. I know. <laughs> like those well-adjusted. assholes who had completely normal childhoods. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I totally forgot to ask if it was okay for me to drop the occasional swear word. Oh, yeah. Swear, swear all you want. Swear your head off. It's fine. Okay, then. I won't go like sailor, but I will, you know, I might drop occasional. <laughs> sure, sure, of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think when we think about things like self-compassion, um, they're usually it's usually broken down into three pieces, and one of them is common humanity of just remembering that, like, and this mm-hmm. is something that group therapy helped me with. So I also have ADHD. If you haven't noticed, I've I've um, tangented three times from what yeah, I was saying about no, ten okay. seconds ago. I do too, and I'm totally fine with it. Sometimes tangent cool. podcasts are actually some of my favorites. Great. So. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what the word would be, but, but sort of circling back to the tangent I was on before the tangent of being on a tangent, um, mm-hmm. I was talking about before I said ADHD. Wow. It's so hard to maintain the focus. I know. Right. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> ADHD. I brought up ADHD for a reason. What did you bring up? <laughs> uh, experiencing emotions intensely, physically. Too far back. Oh, dang. Um, the funny thing is, it's all being recorded, but I don't have access to play said recording back. <laughs> so that's a really good example of ADHD and just how like off topic you can get very quickly. Yeah, normally, totally. I, normally I, I have written notes to help me with that. Um, but today it's a little more off the cuff. That's okay. I am not judging at all. Um, like I said, I... Self-compassion. I, I remembered. It's self-compassion. Okay. We were talking about self-compassion. Um, oh, that's good. Yes. <laughs> right. So... Common humanity, um, that's that's definitely a piece of just remembering that, like, it's okay that you're having these struggles, like what I just did, like trying to remind myself, like, people will understand that I have ADHD and people will understand that sometimes I don't have the time that I need to make an A++ podcast. Um, there's a reason yeah. the runtime is what it is. There's a reason there's as little editing as there is. And it's because I do this basically for free um, with a little mm-hmm. bit of Patreon support from amazing humans who have been incredibly generous. Awesome. So Shout out to the Patreon subscribers yes especially <laughs> especially my super fan superhuman that is Aww. the only person that is at the 25 dollar level thank you so much to that human who i shall not name because i do not believe they want to be named but that's totally okay thank you special human very appreciated <laughs> yes um what was i going to say self-compassion <laughs> so there's there's that idea of common humanity then there's also this idea i'm doing this off the top of my head so i don't actually i might not get them all okay. So there is common humanity, there is um, mindfulness, 
and there is a third one that, is, that I'm spacing on right now. Um, but the nice thing about mindfulness is it's very hard to be looking backwards and feel depressed or ashamed about things when you're really deeply and intensely focused on the present. And it's mm-hmm. really hard to be anxious about the future when you're really intensely and deeply focused on the present. So yeah, that's something I'm still learning. Like I definitely hard. don't have, it's like mindfulness is something that really needs to be practiced every day. And I, I will be completely honest with you. I'm straight up a little lazy about it. Like, <laughs> I mean, I just, it's so easy to allow those, those, those pathways in your brain that are worn in like little rabbit runs down a hill. They mm-hmm. just, you know, it just, keeps going and going and going and going and going until you mindfully move that rabbit over to a, a unworn track that needs to actually be burned into the ground. Um, so it's like the same way with your brain, your brain is plastic. You can re you can kind of re remodel your neural interactions. And stuff Definitely. Like that. Yeah. There's um, that old axiom. That's and, the neurons that wire to fire together, wire together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We, and, uh, trying to keep in keep that going is exhausting so there's some days where i'm just like i'd I'd just rather stare at my phone instead of being mindful or you know trying to you know just not actually think about anything and (sighs) mindfulness doesn't necessarily being doesn't necessarily mean the same thing to every person it can mean Mm -hmm. it can mean different things but usually it the one thing that has that it has that all forms have in common is the idea that you're deeply focused on the present at least Mm -hmm. i may be misexplaining it but that's that's uh, my understanding so the third piece of self-compassion i did cheat and look it up because i thought it was like self-love or something like that and i was like what is it it turns out it's self-kindness so Mm, yes that's that's something i'm still learning too self-kindness right and even (laughs) and keep in mind too vivica that any movement towards self-kindness is progress no matter how small that movement is so even if you're just able to be less self-destructive like less emotionally Mm self-destructive um that's progress like that's a win to celebrate that's definitely, thank you for reminding me of that. It's very important. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you know all this stuff already and I'm not trying to like yeah. mansplain it to you. But... step back is still one step forward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's really easy when I'm talking about it with other people's problems. It's really hard when I'm talking about it with myself. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah. just acknowledging. No, I agree. I share that with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 well, um, do you have any closing thoughts that you want to talk about in terms of imposter syndrome or like interesting anecdotes or anything like that? Um, I think that like the way that sometimes I manage to beat imposter syndrome is like, there's a horrible, like cliche adage that's like, just fake it till you make it. And it is true to an extent. It really, really is. You, you can, if you can fake it, you can make it. But I mean, within reason, like, please do not just walk into a surgery ward and be like, I am a surgeon. Like that, that confidence is just dangerous. Like, don't do that. But, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, like, uh, it don't short change yourself just because you don't think you're good enough. And that's the one thing that I honestly wish I could go back and tell myself about like, you know, eight years ago or something. Just don't, don't give up just because you don't feel like you're good enough. There's all, there is always going to be somebody that's better than you. And honestly, that doesn't matter. And I mm-hmm. wish I could tell that to myself, even though I'm telling that to myself now. And like, I still say it with regret because like, 
I really wish that I'd gotten to like I I had pushed myself to do stage uh, earlier than what I did so that I could do more of it before COVID hit. <laughs> like that was that was that's really hard to to deal with. But like I would say that like imposter syndrome is a very real thing, but it's there's so many little hacks to get mm-hmm. around it, and there's it, it's not even that. Like, I know that it, when I say it, it's easier said than done. Like, it's really not that hard. But it's like, just find that key. Find that hack that works for you. And, like, even build a ritual around it, too. Like, you know, whether it's something that you're saying to yourself or something you're reading every morning. Like, or, you know, in my example, like, I, I just dance. I have to – I dance in front of my mirror and I'll film myself. And even if I don't like what I'm seeing, I still, I still danced and I still did it. And I shouldn't be – stopping myself from doing what makes me happy Mm -hmm. and i think that if it's something that really makes you happy and other people are telling you that you're good at it then how like (laughs) use that like listen Mm -hmm. to them you repeat their words in your head like try and try and believe that because you will always regret not pushing yourself to do something that you wish you could have done sooner. Interesting. Does that like, sense? <laughs> for, yeah, for folks, for folks who are experiencing anxiety about starting something that, you know, like, that the regret can yeah. be as bad or worse than the anxiety later. The regret really is worse than not, and then not having done it perfectly. And that's like the whole, like, as an ADHD person, I like struggle with perfectionism so, so much. Like, if I can't get it right the first time or the second time or like even the third time then it's like well I'm not good at it and I'm just not going to do it and it's like that has that robs you of so many opportunities and so much potential and Mm -hmm. like it's part of self-love don't do yourself that disservice like don't don't do yourself wrong by that like just yeah do it there are (laughs) enough people not not sponsored by Nike but (laughs) freaking do it <laughs> there there are enough people in the world that are going to cut you down and say horrible things and try and shame you about how you behave that you don't need to be one of them <laughs> yeah and, and you can true. choose not to be mm-hmm. as much as it Make doesn't that. doesn't always feel like that it, yeah it feels sometimes like you're really powerless to what's going on in your head but and like i will fully admit that i still feel powerless sometimes as to what's happening in my head or the mm-hmm. you know the urges or the behavior that i have or you know i just you have to work through it and you have to forgive yourself and you have to like, I I'm struggling to forgive myself for not pushing harder when I had the opportunities that I did. But I know that I'm going to push harder next time I have those opportunities or whenever Mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. Hopefully again. (laughs) When you were talking about regret that you didn't do more um, stage stuff sooner, um, something that I thought that sort of crossed my head was like, how could Vivica from the past even know though? Like no one could have anticipated a novel virus. So it's like, I know. I mean, that's, that's nobody can really anticipate or foretell of this thing happening. I mean, looking at the hand that's been dealt lately, it's not surprising, but it's not (laughs) something that's easy to foresee. Like, right. You're not going to pull a car- tarot card that's going to be like pestilence is coming. Like, <laughs> and immediately jump to there'll be a novel virus that's going to start in this part of the world and it's going to go everywhere. Shake your ass now. <laughs> right. While you still can. While you still can. I think it, yeah. it touches on this idea of acceptance. 
of like just acceptance of one's imperfection, acceptance of one's humanity being unfortunately flawed. And despite our best efforts, like we're just going to be people like everyone else. And that's going to be someone imperfect and flawed who does the wrong thing or says something that's not PC, gets judged by others. And just like that can be nearly impossible to accept at times. It is. It's really hard. And I think that that that's probably a universal thing that people definitely fear saying the wrong thing or being being the the target of ridicule. Um, And I feel like that has has done a disservice to a lot of humans. And like there's a whole other conversation about cancel culture and Mm -hmm. and that kind of comes into this and like who actually deserves to be canceled what is canceling etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. um but i mean i think that you sorry i kind of lost my train of thought there you were talking about <laughs> cancel culture and who deserves to be canceled and all that i was yeah. hearing in my head was like napoleon cancel napoleon send him to the island yeah, cancel him for sure cancel cancel columbus cancel all of those fucking assholes <laughs> like god sure just cancel them all please they just don't deserve it anymore <laughs> don't want it sorry getting really off topic um (laughs) no that's okay um it uh, it is we're pretty much at time though so i'm happy to like wrap the session up if you wanted to maybe if you had any final words of like wisdom or advice for folks who are currently struggling with what young vivica was struggling with before um i just say believe in what your friends tell you if you're like and like believe in the substance of who you are and what you have to offer, whether like, whether you're offering art and, or you're offering a new way of thinking about technology or science or like, obviously not, you know, misinformation science or pseudoscience, but Hmm? like, don't like, don't be so critical of what you have to offer. Actually believe it. Yeah. Like cut cut yourself some slack. If people believe in you, then like if people that you really care about believe in you and are are really honest with you about your talents and your potential, because you can't see them yourself, then use that lens as a way of seeing you for who you are. Like if other people have a more charitable lens, that's kinder to you, like pick up the kinder lens. Like it's okay to put down that critical lens. It's not serving you anymore. I mean, like that kind of like sort of, it seems a little like, antithetical to what we started the conversation with of like you know believe in yourself um, yeah being like being true to yourself and and like not not relying on other people's feeding into your ego but like you know that i'm talking about people in the street in that regard just you know random passerbys whereas like your friends like their words have weight so that's that's a really good point Try and see them the way that they try and see yourself the way they see you. Right. That it's not so much about not trusting any lens other than your own. It's about Mm -hmm. you get a choice what lens you use. You get a choice how the picture's framed. So you might, if if all of them are going to be equally subjective, (laughs) which they may not be, but let's assume (laughs) they are, um, you might as well pick a kinder one. Like you might as well pick one that makes it easier to get through life. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for putting that together in a nice little package for me, because I'm all over the place. <laughs> that's that's okay. Um, when I'm stressed, when it's really hot, um, all the types of stressors that you're probably currently struggling with. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've done like we're literally recording episode one three one, which means I've done more wow. than two years of recording these sessions at this point. 
um, and publishing every week without fail, which I'm only able to accomplish by using a scheduler. Wow. <laughs> and That's amazing. You use a scheduler. <laughs> I, I use a scheduler to make sure it publishes every week on time at the right time because there is no way in hell I yeah. could that I believe I could ever accomplish that reproducibly with how easily mm -hmm. distracted I am, how hard I am, um, like how, how much of a hard time I have being on time. Like, yeah, that's okay. I feel the same way. I struggle with, with like getting projects done on time. And so mm -hmm. I, you know, if, if I were, were working on something the same, I'd probably want a publisher as well. <laughs> and, and ultimately this, this comes down to working with who you are, like working with your personality, yeah. working with your mental health, working with, you know, what neurotype you are. If you have ADHD type um, behaviors or symptoms, then like, how do folks that have the same behaviors as you cope and still adult? Like, how do they get out of bed and get productive? And like, for me, I'm not productive every day, but the days I'm productive yeah. on, I'm usually really productive on. And it would, be, it would be nice if I could find a better, smoother way to work. But what ends up happening mm -hmm. for projects like this is I'll just do two months of work over a week of working intensely hard. And then I'll queue all of the episodes up to publish with the right graphics and I'll queue up all my social media posts and then I will go and like not do anything for a short while. Yeah, that makes sense. Or a long while. It's also getting the, the motivation to do it and the, you know, the, the executive avoidance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. There's there's a million reasons why the thought of me successfully publishing every week, if someone had told me that even two and a half years ago, I would have been like, there's, it's not possible. Like, I nope, couldn't even envision that that would be possible. Yeah. <laughs> the strange thing is when you just like, when you don't pay attention to time, it passes you by anyways. So if you... Mm -hmm make like a habit of doing certain things and you're like, I could keep doing this for a few more weeks. And you just kind of keep doing that habit for a few more weeks. You get to that point. And if you can still say like, I can keep going for a few more weeks. You don't feel like you're less spoon resourced. Like you don't feel like you're depriving yourself. Yeah. It's funny how quickly two and a half years goes by and you're just like, yeah, I, I guess <laughs> it hasn't. Oh shit. It is two and a half years, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness, this is our two and a half year exact episode, isn't it? Because it's 52 episodes for a year. So that's yeah. 104 plus, what is that, 26? Oh no, we missed it because oh, <laughs> last, dang last it. episode. Oh, it, was special. <laughs> no, that's okay. Last episode would have been two and a half years. This is my first part of the new half year. <laughs> Woo. You still get to be special. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you as well for being my guest today on intimate interactions of course thank you very much for having me victor i appreciate it <laughs> oh my god i've had recording sessions where it is like i'm hitting that mark and i'm like i'm literally sitting on my hands and like my yeah, legs are jiggling like, and i'm literally just trying to hold space for someone telling me about like deep trauma and i'm like yeah. it is not appropriate oh for me to be like i need to get up and walk around right now but like there's a combination of like managing my ADHD in terms of like the yeah. bodily sensations of not being able to sit and do one task and mm -hmm. also trying to manage social expectations from other people. Yeah. I've gotten totally. out of like three hour, four hour recording sessions, just being totally done, like so burnt and tired. Exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. I hear so that. Totally. It's a lot of social and energy. The added stressor of the heat in there is just like. Right. <laughs> and in order to cut down on noise, I turned off my fan. I closed my window. I drew my curtains like. Oh, it's so hot. Oh, it is gosh, uncomfortably so warm. 
And oh, I also okay. have uh, a second monitor that's pretty warm that is reading out yeah, all of the recording data so, so that I can, okay. but that way I can track it's everything. Run through the sprinkler. Right? <laughs> well, I'm going to go spend the day with my lovely partner who is oh. an absolute gem. I love her so much that's and so I'm just so grateful to have okay. her. So, so, so grateful. Oh, yeah. that's wonderful. Well, I'm very happy to hear that you, I didn't know what your situation was. And mm -hmm. like, I'm really happy to hear that you have someone very close by in your bubble that you can, you can spend time with and snuggle oh. with because I can only imagine how difficult that would be. <laughs> Honestly, all the skills from non-monogamy and BDSM have made COVID so much easier for me because I can negotiate risk profile and I can talk yeah. about like, is it worth me you know, potentially contracting COVID in this case. And it's like, yeah, the risks are very small. I'm comfortable with that. Um, yeah, or in the case of my partner, um, where, you know, that person works in a lab and in that lab, people don't always wear masks. Um, and, you know, people work very close. They're within six feet. They're indoors. I'm like, that's a really high risk profile. And yeah. for how important this person is in my life, don't care. Like, yep, could, could kill people. But, you know, with the kill rate, with, with how unloaded hospitals are right now kill rates are like two three percent like they're not very high so how was it intimates did you love something you heard or maybe you're upset by something i said leave your comments on facebook.com slash intimate interactions or you can go to patreon.com slash victor salmon where you can find our discord server all of these communities are available on intimatepodcast.com and i genuinely look forward to speaking with you soon if you liked it, please consider helping us pay for show costs over at Patreon for as little as $1 per month. It's incredibly helpful. It's just a dollar a month. If you can afford it, we would hugely appreciate having your support. And hey, if that doesn't work for you, I completely understand. You can also help out by going to leave a review on iTunes or other favorite social media platform. Social proof like that helps so much with visibility and audience building. It helps other intimacy and relationship nerds find us. And if any of that just sounds like too much work, you can always do something really simple and it still goes a long way. Something like just tapping share and sending an episode that you liked, maybe a favorite, to a friend or partner, or maybe you can send them something you think they might really like. That's probably more considerate. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time and for your help in keeping us making more of Intimate Interactions. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. The intro music was Driving in the Rain by Timecrawler, and this outro music is Acoustic Blues by Jason Shaw. <laughs>